0: Support for today's show comes from Deloitte. Here's the story of innovation told in five words. Try. Explore. Connect. Pivot. Transform. See what happened there? As soon as Connect entered the story, innovation became achievable. That's why Deloitte works with clients and tech alliances to bring together the people, ideas, and technologies to overcome, solve, and, of course, transform. Connect to what matters for innovation. Start at deloitte.com/us/innovate. It's on.
1: Hi everyone from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is Justice with Judge Janine with 100% less white wine. Just kidding. No Chardonnay for me. This is On with Kara Swisher, and I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm
2: Neh Marza. Neither of us really drink, but we would need to if we were doing Judge Janine on Fox News. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, we need a box of wine in that case, yeah. By the way, Fox uh, News actually canceled that show, I think.
1: Let's pour out a glass, as they say. Our interview today <laughs> is about this topic, actually, well, about Fox News, uh, and particularly the $1.6 billion defamation suit that Fox News and Fox Corp are facing Um, in their coverage of Dominion voting systems in the 2020 elections.
2: This is the biggest defamation case we've seen in recent years, much more consequential than Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard, in my opinion, (laughs) uh, though more people were watching that one. And it could be a real blow to Fox News. Yes. Dominion says they were defamed repeatedly as part of this rigged election conspiracy theory that appeared on outlets like Fox and also on Newsmax and OANN. So today we'll hear from New York Times reporter Jeremy Peters, who's been covering this very closely. Yeah. I did actually want to book Rupert Murdoch
1: today, Kara, oh, yeah. but he had to
2: decline. He's busy being deposed for uh-huh. a second day
1: in a row in this suit. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to understand him. He, one of the things that's really interesting about Rupert is he actually mumbles a lot. He's a mumbler. Um, whenever, oh. Uh, yeah, I was sitting next to him and I was like, what, what, what? Do you think that's because he likes talking out of both sides of his mouth? Uh, no. He's very avuncular when you meet him in person, actually. You tend to—and mm. he can be very funny— um, and that's sort of a problem because you sort of are like, mm, what a charming person. And then you realize who you're talking to.
2: Do you think that he will give anything up in
1: these depositions or just mumble nothings? I don't know. You know, he, he saw when he did the one in Britain. he In 2011. The phone hacking incident. He tried mm-hmm. to be sort of this uh, frail old man and he's sharp as a tack. I remember that going, huh, that doesn't look like the man I know. If you were the lawyer deposing him, how would you get him to open up and say something? Well, I suspect there's not as many emails and texts with him, would mm-hmm. be my guess. Although he was pretty loose on Twitter a couple of years ago. I feel like you can either give more rope or put someone in a corner. I'd stay on him. You think he's a stay on him? Well, he's just going to act like an old man. That's just going to be his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would just keep hammering him on, did you decide, to do decide, to do decide, and try to link him with directly with these decisions versus I don't know how this happened. And I wouldn't let him pass the buck to uh, Suzanne Scott, who runs uh, Fox News.
2: You and I have some history in the case that Rupert's being deposed in today. Uh, Mm -hmm. We had the CEO of the company who filed this suit, John Poulos, the Dominion CEO, on our Time show in January of last year, Mm -hmm. just shortly after January 6th. Do you remember that interview?
1: Yeah, it was crazy at the time. I mean, we had the first real interview with him. We were noticing a lot of the... um, attacks on, him on on Fox News particularly, and so we brought him right in. But uh, I think he was, he was more dumbstruck about what happened, especially to his employees and the kind of doxing that is now common, unfortunately, for people who go up against this sort of right-wing media machine, which it is, a rage machine. People were saying that they were related
2: to Hugo, that this was a Venezuelan company backed by Hugo Chavez, that they had rigged the elections, that they rigged the machines. And we talked about the death threats, um, and the toll on his employees and even the fact that their family and friends were all pulling away from them because they bought into the narrative over their relationships with these individuals at Dominion. So here's a clip, and you're asking if anyone in his family bought into the narrative against Dominion. Anyone in your family?
0: Uh, yes, as a matter of fact.
2: What
1: did they say to you? Who was it?
0: Yeah, it, it, was, it was a family member in a jurisdiction uh, that we actually— do business in and use our tabulation systems. And the question was actually, are we from Venezuela? And this is an in-law, but you know, they actually asked my wife, Is is this company actually from Venezuela?
1: His own family members. Well, yeah. I have the issue of my own family. I did an interview with Hillary Clinton. My mother was mm-hmm. was parroting, you know, this is what Hillary Clinton said in this interview. And I said, No, no, she didn't say it. That was my interview. And she kept insisting that's what she said. Um, because what you, yeah. the way Fox News took my interview and warped it and uh, transformed it. That's the power of Fox News, right? Uh, Pulos
2: talked about that. Let's hear the clip.
0: I mean, this is the problem where uh, it's almost like the truth and reality suspends when you want to believe something. And the purveyors of these lies go on national TV and they say it as if it's factual with such authority and there's no reservation. It really resonates, unfortunately, with a lot of people that want to believe the underlying uh, message, and they just don't know. And they just say, maybe it's true. There is a very clear record that it's not true.
2: What Pulis is talking about, this idea of, uh, of a narrative being more powerful, people believing what they see or read, is reminds me of what Yoel Roth is going through right now. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, Yoel obviously worked for Twitter. He was the head of trust and safety. He stayed on when Elon came on and Elon celebrated him. Um, he had been the subject of attacks from the right wing who thought he made uh, the decisions around Trump and Hunter Biden when, in fact, he didn't make, definitely didn't make the Hunter Biden decision to pull those stories down. But nonetheless, he got doxed then. And then now, uh, after he left Twitter and was very kind to Elon, Elon uh, started tweeting about a dissertation and saying that uh, maybe uh, sort of insinuating that he had some pedophile tendencies, it was weird. And of course, that created a situation um, you know had been brewing in the in the in the QAnon area, but didn't really rise yeah. until Elon amplified it. And then uh, Yoel had to leave his home, um, and is is under great uh, stress and death threats and things like that because of because his former boss essentially terrorized him.
2: That's what we're seeing a lot with Lenny Posner, with other people. Mm-hmm. Even have the price that people pay for the misinformation that others spew. Yes. And I, I think in that way, you know, the fact that Dominion is pursuing this lawsuit has a value beyond the $1.6 billion that they're suing for. Yeah. This trial is going to give us a peek into what actually happens inside the corner offices at News Corp, how decisions are made. And, you know, we've learned from this case already that Susan Scott, the Fox News CEO talked about election deniers and told her employees, we can't give these crazies an inch. Mm -hmm. And yet they gave them 20,000 miles.
1: Yeah, exactly. Dominion has said enough is enough and that Mm -hmm. they have stuck with it. And so you saw that interview from two years ago. He thought enough was enough then. And now uh, he's stuck with it, uh, the CEO of Dominion. And we'll see where it goes. Yeah. And
2: so to make sense of it, we booked Jeremy Peters, the New York Times reporter here today. I'm, I'm obsessed with his reporting at The Times, especially his piece in August. Mm-hmm. Um, the headline was defamation suit about election falsehoods puts Fox on its heels. And it did a beautiful job of laying out the stakes in this case, and especially around the First Amendment.
1: Yeah. He's also been covering a lot of political stuff, especially on the right. And he wrote the book Insurgency, How Republicans Lost Their Party and Got Everything They Wanted. So he's the perfect prefer- person to talk about what's happening here. Let's take a quick break and we'll jump into that interview. Support for this episode comes from SaaS. SAS is going all in on AI to help the world get more done with data. See for yourself in Las Vegas, April 16th to 19th at SaaS Innovate, the data and AI experience for everyone and every role from top executives to data scientists, engineers, analysts, and more. I'll be there leading a panel discussion about the importance of responsible AI. It's just one of the many sessions that will highlight the massive potential of AI. Visit innovate.sas.com and use the code CARA to save $100 on registration. I'll see you there. Jeremy, thanks for coming.
3: Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
1: We've got two defamation lawsuits I wanna talk about. Let's start with Dominion voting. Lachlan Murdoch Mm -hmm. was in the hot seat last week and his dad, Rupert Murdoch, or I like to call him Uncle Satan, you don't have to, is being deposed today. Just walk us through Dominion's claims and explain where we are in the legal process. Well, by all
3: accounts, this is really one of the most extraordinary defamation cases we've seen against a major media company in decades. Um, and, And that's for a number of reasons. Primarily, it's the volume of the complaints that Dominion can make against Fox News. Typically, when you have a defamation case, it involves one or two sentences in a newspaper article um, or one kind of off the cuff remark that somebody made on the air. Here, what you have is night after night, show after show of false, demonstrably false claims outright lies, distortions aimed at dominion by Fox hosts and guests. And it's very well documented. Um, Legal experts have told me that they've rarely seen such a strong case. And As to where we are in the legal process right now, the the, the strength of the case is why it's gotten this far. Typically, you would have seen a company as wealthy as Fox settle a claim like this months and months ago. And you certainly don't see the CEO and the founders of the company, Rupert Murdoch, Lachlan Murdoch, being deposed by hostile attorneys. Mm. This, This kind of thing just doesn't happen very often.
1: Right. Usually it's an oops, we made a mistake, we're sorry. Um, and even the New York Times was involved in a lawsuit with Sarah Palin um, that Sarah Palin lost um, based on just one article. Um, in this case, they're, they're trying to look for a pattern of malevolence, a pattern of purposefulness in doing this, Correct.
3: That's exactly right. And over the last several months, what Dominion has done is comb through thousands and thousands of personal text messages and emails and correspondence among Fox News uh, employees and members of the Trump campaign and his his legal team back then, looking for evidence of what's called in legal terms, actual malice. And that's the standard that Mm -hmm. Dominion will have to to meet before a jury uh, at which – Essentially means that people at Fox knew that this was false, but they put it on the air anyway. Or they were so reckless and hasty in putting this stuff on the air that they should have known Mm -hmm. it was false. Um, Or there's a high probability that that they
1: kept making the same mistake over and over again. Means maybe they knew what they were doing.
3: Well, certainly, in in some of the communications, that's what Dominion hopes to prove, and you know they have so much. And, and this 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 just points to the extraordinary nature of this case. It's not just that they have text messages, you know, between Sean Hannity and members of the Trump legal team, or and maybe even uh, um, Mark Meadows and, and the like, um, but they have. the the communications from the CEO of Fox News, Suzanne Scott, they have, you know, the personal cell phones of folks like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Janine Pirro. We don't know what it says because it's all under seal. And this is another extraordinary aspect of this case. Fox has gone to great lengths to prevent this stuff from leaking out, which typically mm-hmm. by now you would have seen more leaks, because when when um, depositions um, or discovery gets filed with a court, it's it's presumed to be public information. But we just don't know by and large what the evidence right. is. At this but point. some
1: of it has some of it has gotten out. Can you walk us through the biggest names that and mm-hmm. a, that have been deposed? As you mentioned, Suzanne Scott and others, and the biggest revelations so far.
3: So it, it really extends from the top of the company to the rungs of middle management. Um, you have, as you Mm -hmm. mentioned, Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch, you have, um, Suzanne Scott, the chief executive of Fox news. You have almost all the high profile pro Trump hosts from Sean Hannity to Tucker Carlson, um, Lou Dobbs, Mm -hmm. Janine Pirro. But in my reporting, what I've found, um, has most unsettled folks at Fox is not you know the the Tucker Carlsons being deposed it's the mid-level producers um, Dominion's lawyers have the personal text messages of you know ordinary folks who are not making millions of dollars a year and can't afford to hire their own lawyers And from what I right. understand, that's really sent a chill through the network.
1: Dominion thinks they're owed 1.6 billion dollars. If Fox loses the suit, how much do you expect them to have to pay? This thing can go on forever, and Dominion's not backing down either. They're not settling.
3: It doesn't appear so, right? Because mm-hmm. um, uh, from what I understand, and you know, this just kind of it kind of makes sense when you when you look at the the totality of Dominion's claims here. They're not looking just for a one point six billion dollar check. They want an apology, right? They want mm-hmm. their their name cleared um, in the court of public opinion as well as as a trial court in in Delaware. Um, I don't see Fox doing either of those things. Yes, they could throw money at this and and make it go away because they have so much money. Um, Mm -hmm. But they're not going to want to apologize, because think of what that would say to their audience right? We we lied to you, basically.
1: Have you talked to any sources of the inside knowledge of Rupert's deposition, which is about to take place? Rupert, for people who don't realize, has also has been here before many times. He had to go before parliament in Britain to explain himself after two of his British newspapers had hacked the phones of hundreds of public figures. Um, how does this compare in terms of both financial and reputational damage? Because that was a big hit, although he he bounced right back from that eventually.
3: Exactly. No, I think you could say that the uh, the Murdochs are, are well-practiced um, in giving depositions. They've been sued many, yes, many times over the years and sat through many uh, public investigations um, into their conduct. At the corporate level, I think, um, you know, w- what – The Dominion attorneys are attempting to prove in these depositions is that Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch were calling the shots. Now, we don't know what type of evidence they have to prove that because, again, we haven't seen it. But at the heart of Dominion's case is this notion that Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch, to maximize corporate profits, okayed the lies and the falsehoods um, that were spewed on the air about dominion
1: And these are voting machines were were hacked in some fashion. There's all kinds of weird allegations. Oh,
3: I mean, it it extends so yeah, even even farther than that. Like you have it, it's it's not just that there was some type of algorithm that subtracted votes from Biden and gave them to Trump. It was that the company was somehow founded by Hugo Chavez, and it was uh, it, mm-hmm. the, the the purpose of rigging these machines um as Dominion supposedly did was to steal votes for Hugo Chavez and rig the elections in Venezuela. I mean, it it, it it's all just so preposterous.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things. It's actually stealing votes from Trump to give to Biden, correct? That's, yes. That, that's not yeah. the other way around.
3: Yeah, right, whatever. So, Sorry.
1: <laughs> so they're going to be asking them of their involvement and the decision-making. And I presumably they're going to say, well, we didn't realize what they were doing, correct? I mean, mm-hmm. what, can, what yeah. do we know from their involvement, though?
3: We know that Suzanne Scott, the chief executive of Fox News, um, expressed grave concern um and said in in one text message that they could not give the quote unquote crazies an inch uh we know from reporting um and, and and context um since the January 6th attacks uh that Rupert is no fan of Trump's i mean they've mm-hmm. they've always had this complicated relationship it was always a relationship of convenience because when Rupert put Trump on the air um or Roger Ailes and Rupert put Trump on the air. It was always good for Fox. He rated. He brought in viewers. um, and, and, And at the heart of Dominion's case is this attempt to prove that to maximize viewership, Rupert and Lachlan and the senior management at Fox kept putting this stuff out there. Um and this did story. so because it was good for the bottom line, the Dominion lies. Yes. And So they what, knew
1: it was a lie and did it anyway, and that's malice.
3: Exactly. And what the Murdochs are going to try to do, you would you would imagine. Yeah, I was going to ask, um, what is
1: their defense?
3: We didn't have anything to do with this. Suzanne Scott runs Fox, not Rupert, not Lachlan. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see. I don't know because again, we don't know what the what the text messages say. But it's it's kind of inconceivable that I mean, you remember what a big story this was. Like that, mm-hmm. that, that, that Rupert being the news hound that he is, you know, Lachlan being the, the, the CEO. That they're they're not going to express curiosity because I know from my own reporting that on the night of the election in 2020, when Fox got out there first with the Arizona call and they said Biden is going to win Arizona and Trump absolutely lost it um, because effectively that meant the election was over. We know that the Murdochs were very interested in how that call took place what was the methodology as was Suzanne Scott and the senior leadership of Fox because that was a decision that was basically left to Fox's decision desk and its Washington Bureau the you know from mm-hmm. what I understand the, the the senior management at the company was not tinkering around with that and didn't get involved until after the fact once all hell started to rain down on Fox from Trump right. world.
1: Immediately after uh, Rupert got calls, Rupert and all the the Murdochs got calls from uh, from the Trump campaign and various people in it.
3: This is ultimately Rupert's doing because in 2016, Rupert got upset that the exit polls that all these news networks rely on, including the New York Times, you know, um, Mm -hmm. uh, that they were wrong, and he said, "Why are we spending all this money?" for these, these polls that are consistently garbage. So Fox and the associated press built their own system. And because they had their own proprietary data on election night, they were able to make this call in Arizona days before anyone else was well, senior management, um, Murdoch's included, weren't really paying attention. Uh, and I think there was some, some bad blood over that. And I think that's why somebody like Chris Steyrwalt, the former senior political editor, mm-hmm. um, got the axe. And Bill Salmon, who was in charge of the Washington Bureau uh, for Fox News, um, also got the boot. They kept Arnon Mishkin around. But um, if you were watching Fox News covering the most recent midterm elections, it was, they were pretty slow in projecting winners this time around.
1: They were, absolutely. So Rupert gets deposed. And where does it go from here?
3: There's been this flurry of back and forth, and you know, increasing animosity um, between the two sides as if it wasn't bitter enough. Um, Dominion has successfully persuaded the judge in the case to allow them to recall Sean Hannity, mm-hmm. Jeanine Pirro, and Suzanne Scott, the chief executive. And they will be going back for a second deposition. Um, I believe Hannity's. Mm-hmm. If he hasn't already, he will soon. Janine Piero did hers right before uh, Thanksgiving, I believe, and um, Suzanne Scott's is, uh, is is soon to happen. So that's pretty unusual as well. That means you would think that Dominion found something in these emails the In they these lie. text messages. Exactly. You, you'd, you'd imagine it's pretty big um, whatever they found. Right. So you have these, this, this, second round of depositions, then, um, the lawyers on both sides prepare their motions for what's called summary judgment. And they present those to the judge in January. And effectively, you know, with these civil um, defamation cases, the judge can decide it's very, it's a very weird quirk in the law, but effectively the judge can say, um, okay, I think Dominion's case is so strong that we don't even need to go to a trial. Um, you're fox you are liable um that would be that'd be pretty extraordinary um no and it, trial. it it yeah so i would guess then we go to trial uh and the judge has set a trial date for april and he's been pretty clear that he's not moving on that um there have been mm-hmm. you know uh, requests to delay that um i don't think that's going to happen and we could be getting testimony and watching Some of the biggest stars in conservative media grilled on the stand for several weeks.
1: They've also sued One America News Network and Newsmax. Where are those suits?
3: Those are not as far along. Th- th- those are slower processes. I, we should also say that Fox News is being sued in another case by Smartmatic, which is another mm-hmm. maker of voting machines. And that case has a much longer time frame. I mean, you're looking at like 2024 or something like mm-hmm. that for, uh, for a trial.
1: That's for $2.7 billion. And uh, is it different? And Fox has countersued also in that case
3: fundamentally it's not different but one thing with smartmatic that's very curious is fox walked back its initial reporting and put this you may recall they apologize. Um, exactly yep. a very strange statement um, that they read on the air that didn't happen with dominion for whatever reason and i don't know why given that the claims against dominion by Fox hosts and guests like Sidney Powell were so outrageous and so demonstrably false. It's very puzzling to me why they didn't apologize. Because when you're trying to prove actual malice and, you know, you referenced the the New York Times case um, by Sarah Palin, you know, one of the things the Times and other news organizations do most of the time when they make a mistake is they say, hey, we got this wrong and they correct it. Or they say, we, we apologize, we regret the error. Which
1: goes a long way.
3: It goes a long way in persuading the jury that you didn't act with malice. And in this case, Fox can't point to anything like that with Dominion.
1: Um, now, is it possible the suit could help Fox if OWN and Newsmax go out of business or go bankrupt because they can't afford to pay uh, anything they might be liable of? It's not the worst possible outcome for them.
3: But I think you're you're totally onto something there. Uh, and Newsmax has apologized because they don't have the money. OAN is in much more dire financial straits because they were just taken off the air at uh, DirecTV and Verizon. So basically, they have no... Broadcast ability uh, at the I mean, you can stream it, um, but you can't get it in your house, pretty much. Um and, and right. so they were already looking at at, at possible financial ruin anyway.
1: Just take a step back. What are the implications these cases have for the press and First Amendment rights? Um, it's very hard for a lot of people in the media to defend, Fox, but um how what what kind of implications does this have? Or is just or are these just a bunch of sloppy liars?
3: One thing I think that is I, I don't want to say troubling, but has kind of like raised eyebrows among, Mm -hmm. you know, defenders of press freedoms in the First Amendment is the relative ease with which Dominion has been able to get access to journalists' Private communications. Right. Um, I I think that any time you know you have that going on, even if um, it's you know a, a, a quote unquote bad guy, uh, as as many would say, like Fox, the protections that journalists um, enjoy under the First Amendment usually shield you from ha- having that kind of disclosure.
1: And these are these are the producers. I I, I, I assume you're not talking about uh, Judge Pirro. who is that's a that's a very loose consideration of journalists correct and Sean Hannity doesn't even call himself a journalist or he goes out of his way to say he's not he famously, famously
3: doesn't right yeah exactly i think um the, the the big picture though is you know in in talking to some of these media scholars and first amendment lawyers mm-hmm. who've argued these these big defamation cases and defended news organizations they actually for the first time have a case that they want a media organization to lose. Like people have said that ah. to me straight up like Fox deserves to lose his case. There needs to be some type of cost, not just financially, but you know, mm-hmm. a symbolic cost that they have to pay for perpetuating lies that not only hurt a company, but hurt the very fabric of American democracy. One thing that, you know, we should kind of step back and, and, and make note of here is, you know, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I think it's a slam dunk and Fox is for sure going to lose because they've hired one of the best trial lawyers in the country. Um, Fox has an awful lot of money to keep throwing at this, to keep funding appeals um, and more attorneys. Um, it's it, it, this is exactly um, why these cases against a major media organization like Fox are so hard to win because they have endless, virtually endless resources to keep throwing at the problem.
1: But it just seemed like Dominion's committed to it. When I interviewed him back then, he was committed to it.
3: Oh, 100%. And that's why they haven't settled.
1: Support for On With Kara Swisher comes from NerdWallet. You don't have to be a genius to start making better financial decisions today. It's not that sexy, but piling up lots of little monetary victories today can yield some pretty significant rewards down the line. The tricky part is knowing where to start. NerdWallet can help. Their financial experts have helped countless people find new ways to maximize every dollar they earn. Now the team is helping folks get more from every dollar they spend. NerdWall lets you compare top travel credits side by side to maximize your spending. Some even offering up to 10 times the points on every dollar you charge. Their expert team of nerds did the work reviewing top credit cards so you can trust that you have the smartest one for future you. If I had better rewards right now I would probably travel to Hawaii and be sitting on a beach and not talking into this microphone right now. I would be enjoying a Mai Tai, possibly swimming, doubtful I would be surfing, but I would spend them all there. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Let's get to the bigger picture, the Trump of it all. Um, Donald Trump is something of an uncredited protagonist in this lawsuit. Obviously, Murdoch and Trump, as you said, are linked. Uh, I want to unpack their personal relationship. Talk about where it is right now. Um, TV networks, as you noted, live and die by the ratings. Um, Even though he wasn't a fan of Trump, he gave viewers what they wanted. Talk about where it's gone It sort of do a brief timeline.
3: So Trump being, you know, an, an avid consumer of television um, and cable news in particular, always had his eye on Fox and Fox in many ways. And the characters who were on Fox um, from the conservative movement, like Sarah Palin, were Trump's teachers in a way. Like he, he looked to them for what kinds of things he could say and get away with. And I know from my reporting that I did for my book, he watched Sarah Palin very closely in the 2010 period when the Tea Party was just getting off the ground. And he said to himself, you know, if she can do this, I can do this. Because Trump is not Naturally, a conservative, right? I mean, he's he's a, a self-preservationist. Um, mm-hmm. He wants to say whatever he thinks will endear him to his followers, and so he watched the the, the rhetoric that Tea Party politicians were spewing, and he tapped into the the, the kind of cultural resentments and cross currents around issues like you may remember. The Ground Zero Mosque in 2010. Yes. They were going, it was it wasn't really a mosque, um, but it was an Islamic cultural center they were gonna build down near Ground Zero. And Trump railed against this on Fox. He went and he talked about Obama's birth certificate on Fox. And so he Fox really helps him find his voice. And Roger Ailes sees that Trump is raiding and that viewers like it. So what does Roger do? He gives Trump his own segment on Fox and Friends on Tuesday mornings called Tuesdays with Trump, I believe, or Mondays with Trump, something like that. Um, And this is how Trump begins to build his political base. And Mm -hmm. like many other people from that part of the conservative movement, you know, these these populist firebrands like Glenn Beck, they became too big for Fox and too big for Roger Ailes. And in Roger's mind, no one could ever be bigger than he was. And it became uncontrollable. And the, the Trump phenomenon spun out of Roger's control. And then you had um, Trump attacking Megyn Kelly by the time he was running for president. And you know yes. the, 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 the audience turned. They, they loved Trump and they turned on Fox. And that's exactly the situation you end up in in 2020 when Fox calls Arizona for Biden. And they don't initially buy into the big lie that this was all rigged. Um, And their audience turns and they mm-hmm. bolt to Newsmax and, and OAN. And the argument that Dominion is making to take us back to the case is once that audience started to flee, Fox had an incentive financially to keep peddling this lie so it could get back its viewers.
1: Is there a difference between Rupert And with Fox News, because he has a very different relationship with Hannity versus Rupert would cut him in a second. Hannity seems more of a true believer or an advisor, really, is what he is. Yes. How is that run internally? Like, do they just let Hannity do this? Or is there any, you better Mm -hmm. ease off or things like that?
3: You know, one of the criticisms of Suzanne Scott, and I think we'll we'll learn more about this um, at at trial, is that she's very hands-off with the talent. And that effectively enabled... People like Lou Dobbs, Janine Pirro, Maria Bartiroma, Sean Hannity—you know—to to to say this stuff, to 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 lie mm-hmm. about Dominion on the air and peddle these outrageous claims of a massive voter fraud conspiracy mm-hmm. that just didn't exist, um, because Suzanne Scott was letting the talent do its thing. And again, you know, it's 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 one of these situations where I think that happened because she's not naturally a Trump person. From everything i know about her if anything she's more of like a bush republican if you could even consider her that she's certainly not Mm -hmm. a trump republican and in my reporting one of the things that i um that i learned is as the inauguration of biden was approaching Mm -hmm. and trump and folks who work for him were saying that somehow the inauguration was going to stop be stopped Mm -hmm. suzanne scott Mm -hmm. turns to to people in a meeting and was like people don't really believe this stuff do they like it's it it seems insane to me or something to that mm-hmm. effect um so i don't think that i i think that th- this this went on without much interference from above for quite a while and that's right. why you you end up with a 1.6 billion dollar defamation suit against fox so
1: where is that relationship today between rupert and Trump and Fox and Trump because he's rails against them. He's been very critical.
3: Okay, so I, I was just watching Fox News before we we logged in to do the show here, Kara. Yeah. And Good luck for you they here. were <laughs> they were. You,
1: you do it, so we don't have to. But go ahead.
3: Ex- exactly. I feel like I that's I hear a lot about of it job. from my
1: mother every morning, so I already know.
3: <laughs> you do. So that's ahead. right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and you know, you wrote about how these lies on on COVID, um, which mm-hmm. we haven't talked about, hurt people, and you so you see this firsthand. So it's like there's there's not there's not just a financial cost of this stuff. There's a real human cost um, cost to our society. Um, but w- what they were doing this morning on Fox is covering a poll showing that DeSantis was beating Trump, and it's stuff like that that shows you where the Murdochs are. Mm-hmm. They have been, over the last couple, three, four months, allowing on the air more and more skeptical Trump coverage. It's not overtly anti-Trump. It's more pro-other Republican possible contenders.
1: Which Ron DeSantis is their guy, in other words.
3: DeSantis, for now, seems to be just like with the rest of the, you know, the quote-unquote sane wing of the GOP, if you want to call them that. Yes, DeSantis is the rising star of the moment. So what I've learned, the Murdochs are, that they think that Trump has done so much damage to the Republican Party. He can't beat Biden. So they will do what they can within the limits of what their audience will tolerate to try to slow him down.
1: Have you confirmed that Rupert's not backing him? This has been reported. There's
3: yes, exactly. I mean, backing is kind of like it's. Y- y- I. It's it's never. I mean, you know, because you you know He'll you switch. were there. Can't switch. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's never so much as like you know Rupert saying I endorse. You know, it's uh, you know maybe that they'll they'll do that through the New York Post. But, you know, I mean, famously, like Rupert saw all over the place, he, he wanted to endorse Obama um, in the New York Post in 2008. Yep, okay. um, and that almost made Roger Ailes walk from Fox News. So Rupert will condone, will encourage positive coverage of others and more negative coverage of Trump. That's, that's pretty mm-hmm. much how it works. It's not so much as, like, a command from on high as it is, mm-hmm. you know, little bits of interference, um, very mm-hmm. careful reading and questioning of certain segments or articles. And we'll see, you know, like we've seen with the Wall Street Journal editorials lately they are very critical of Trump and the same for the New York Post and the columnist there.
1: The audience does still love Trump. How does Fox yes. navigate that?
3: Very carefully. Uh, and it's, it, it boils down to, does Ron DeSantis rate um, and does Trump not rate anymore? The evidence you have so far is, is that television ratings, right? This is, this is like, it's quantifiable. And this is what the producers and executives and the Murdochs are looking at. They're looking at the numbers and they can see that for instance, on the night that Trump announced, um, his 2024 campaign that 5 million people tuned in mm-hmm. as, as much as people want to write Trump's death certificate. Um, I wouldn't, he I, I, exactly.
1: So it's going to be hard to walk away from the thing they've created that's so entertaining to people.
3: Exactly, Trump is an entertainer. I mean, he's a broadcaster more than more mm-hmm. so than he ever was a politician. I mean, this is and that is that that is in large part um, because of his own you know background as, as as a television star, but because of the training um, that he got through Fox News, it's reminiscent of, of figures like Rush Limbaugh, right? Who mm-hmm. always knew how to give the audience what it wanted, how to be just provocative and outrageous enough to keep people tuned in and coming back and watching and listening more than they did to any other network.
1: Is that different under Lachlan's eventual regime? Because it's not altogether clear that Lachlan will have total control of that company after Rupert's death uh, at some point in the next 100 years.
3: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that you look at the tenor of Fox News under Lachlan's stewardship and whose the biggest star there, Tucker Carlson, and mm-hmm. he has been given tremendous leeway um, by the Murdochs to create, you know, this this incredibly vitriolic and nationalistic, racist programming. Um, so, you know, do, do we think that Fox News is going to be like kinder and gentler once Rupert is no longer in charge? Mm-hmm. I don't see any evidence of that.
1: There's uh, three other kids, and we'll see what happens when that. And and one of whom is obviously been hostile to what Fox is doing, or increasingly hostile, I guess. Which is James Murdoch. Oh, exactly. Is there an ascendant uh, uh, media network that they're worried about? So I think
3: um, Ben Shapiro is is one of the most influential and powerful because he's incredibly persuasive. Um, if you listen to him, like he's, he, he, you know, whatever you think of his, his ideas, um, and his biases, he's incredibly intelligent and knows how to construct an argument. And it's, it's incredibly, um, compelling to his audience and his audience is consistently one of the biggest in all of, and and he has this website, the daily call, I'm not the daily caller, the, um.
1: Wire, it's the daily wire.
3: The Daily Wire. Um, I mean, it's been one of the lead combatants in the culture wars, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's an audience like somebody with the power to persuade a young, ascendant audience like because these these are the the people who are listening in their you know in their thirties right now are the ones who are going to have purchasing power who are going to graduate into that you know that that demographic um, that is now watching Fox News. So right. if if I were them, I would be worried about losing those types of people to, to guys like Ben Shapiro.
1: And he's building a media empire of his own in Nashville or wherever. In
3: Nashville, right? They relocated from uh, from Los Angeles to Nashville, um, where there's, there's no state income tax, but it's also a little bit more culturally yeah, friendly. It's I always
1: say. about taxes, Jeremy, just so <laughs> you know. Um, and speaking of that, speaking of culture wars, I want to end um, before we go Um, We have to talk about Elon because he's actually emerging as the next one trying to create what I think is a media empire at Twitter. Um, When you have everything else, you might as well have a media company. Um, And that gives you real power, actually, real political and social power more than a car could or a rocket. Um, So, very nice cars, very nice rockets. So, your last article was headlined, Critics Say Musk Has Revealed Himself as a Conservative. It's Not So Simple. It got a lot of heat from other journalists, uh, including Philip Bump at Washington Post and Charlie Wurzel, who wrote this in The Atlantic. Peters' laundry list of Musk's recent lib trolling and, quote, woke scolding undermines the very thesis of this article.
3: Yeah, I mean, the problem with writing about anything with nuance is that social media is, is a place where nuance is, uh, <laughs> You're not exactly, yeah, not exactly welcome. Um, but no, I mean, I think that like that what, what was, what's happening with Musk is people are projecting what they want to be true. they you know, the, the mm-hmm. virtues and, um, the, the like the, these like boogeyman qualities both. And I just don't, I don't think it's, it's that easy. And I think also, I mean, you, and you know, this far better than I do, I have a hard time taking anything he says very seriously because so much of it seems to be trolling. And so when people try to assign It's
1: pretty hard right talking points. I mean, it's Fauci, I mean, it's vaccines, it's Fauci, it's woke mind virus, it's trans. He's sort of hitting the greatest hits of the right.
3: Yeah, a lot of on a lot of that stuff um he certainly is um Mm -hmm. i just like i like i was saying i just wonder how much of it is is because he means it and how much of it is because this is all a performance of some kind um and he's certainly getting a lot of attention um and 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 drawing eyeballs to his 44 billion dollar new toy um which he needs to to turn around financially in a big way and he's been very very clear about that um i just think that you know what 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 I was pointing out in that story is, you know, this is a guy who has a very mixed bag of politics, somebody who's, you know, arguably done more um, to draw attention to um, the pollution and climate change and change mm-hmm. consumer habits for the better in that way. Uh as somebody who's, you know, who's who's who voted for Joe Biden, who voted for Obama, right. who says he doesn't support Trump. I mean to kind of just like cast him as this as this kind of right-wing villain, I think just oversimplifies whatever he believes.
1: Sounds like someone we know, Rupert Murdoch, he'll do what it takes, right? I I, I don't think exactly. Rupert Murdoch likes Donald Trump. There's no way. And I just don't think he does, you know. And I think he does think he's a moron. But what does that is that what's happening here? Is he doing the same thing? Is he, could I he think so. possibly be the inheritor of the Murdoch legacy? Or is it Ben Shapiro, as you noted? I mean, I think right, there's such different Someone, someone's gotta replace Fox News at some point, correct? Presumably.
3: Right, because the audience is just is 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 dying and I think it it becomes a different kind of company. All these cable news Um, networks have such challenges, right? Because people are not watching in the same way that they used to, and they are reliant on revenue that comes from subscribers and people are cutting the cord. You know, it's just, it's, it's not sustainable. It's kind of like where, you know, like with, with, with print journalism, people just aren't picking up newspapers like they used to. So, um, you know, they, they have such, um, they have such challenges on, on the horizon, um, Ben Shapiro is, is, you know, in, in these podcasters and these these content creators, it's such a different beast than it is owning like a social media company, um, where those content creators speak to their audience. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know, you, you, you're the expert here, but like somebody like Musk who really doesn't have much of a history at all of giving to politicians. I mean, mm-hmm. his, his, his federal contributions, I was surprised to learn don't even add up to a million dollars, um, yeah, it's 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 you know you look at somebody like Peter Thiel. Um, I don't I don't know that I see Elon Musk becoming that type of a political wanna be political kingmaker, bankrolling his mm-hmm. own candidates who are ideologically clones of his whatever his ideology mm-hmm. is. Um, I don't. I, I, I that well, you own the media company.
1: Any... You, you use right. the media company to do that, presumably. Last question then: Who is going to be the power going forward?
3: So I think. Um, It's not Ron DeSantis. (laughs) I'll I'll answer who I don't think it is first. Um, Ron DeSantis reminds all this attention, and I bring this up just because he is the flavor of the moment. um, Mm -hmm. All the attention and praise and, oh, this is our guy, you know, type of sentiment is so reminiscent to me of what we saw about people like Chris Christie. Eight years ago, mm-hmm. um, you know, oh, Chris Christie was going to be the Republican nominee. He was going to beat Obama. You know, the, the next president. All this, and then we heard that about Marco Rubio and this this whole wave of 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 you know next generation Republicans. Um, and it, it it never happened. So I mean, I think who has all the power at the moment? It's still Donald Trump. Like this is still his Republican Party, and no one has proven that they're able to beat him, even if he, can't, unless they're a Democrat, right? Um, right. The, the Republicans who try to defeat him, um, it's not, you know. And, and Peggy Noonan had an interesting point about this that yeah, I've been have been trying to 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 beat into people's brains for for years now. Is that. It is not Mitch McConnell's choice. It is not Ron DeSantis' choice. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's not Fox News or Rupert Murdoch's choice. It's the voters who will decide this. And right now, it's still the voters uh, who want Trump. And yes, there's some, you know, some fragmentation going on there, and, and people are excited about Ron DeSantis and they do say they would like an alternative. But Trump, it's he has a funny way of rallying his, his, his voters um, in an almost kind of self-defeating way. Like, they want to see Republicans lose, even if that means not having any power in Washington. They want to see the disloyal Republicans defeated and punished. And that's the culture of this Republican Party right now. And I don't see that changing. It goes back to the same kind of anger and grievance that we were talking about earlier. That's what galvanizes the right at this moment in time.
1: Okay. And I would just yeah, say one you- last thing, like to, sure. just
3: to, to, to leave you with this thought. Um, you know, Trump embodies all of that kind of self-defeating energy. And as as Steve Bannon said to me when I was reporting the book, uh, when I asked about could somebody like a Mike Pence someday inherit the Trump movement, which now seems like a, a you know a, an absolutely laughable proposition, Bannon said to me, do you think Donald Trump is looking to nurture anything? He wants the next Republican after him to lose by 40 points so he can prove that he alone was able to do this.
1: Oh, as you said in your book, he's like Hitler. And that was meant as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great exactly. line. That's the, what Bannon book. said. Yep. He was yeah, like it yeah. Went. That's what Steve, not you. That's uh, Steve Bannon. <laughs> no, anyway, me, yeah. uh, no <laughs> one's using that as a compliment, but Steve Bannon. Okay, Jeremy, it's been great. I have to go watch some Tucker Carlson now. I'm kidding. I'll let my mom do it. But seriously, <laughs> thank you. This has been great, and I really appreciate it. No,
3: I'm glad to be on. Thank you. <laughs>
2: So Rupert and Trump, a love story gone south. Yes, indeed.
1: That's the next book he should write. They'll stay married. They're, they're going to stay in their unhappy marriage. Who's Ron DeSantis? The mistress? No, he's so boring. He's too dull to be a mistress. So um, I, you know, I think he's. I think he's a flash in the pan. I think that's what Jeremy was making was saying essentially, and I agree with him. He's Chris Christie was all hot. I remember Scott uh, Walker was hot. I think he's. I mean, he's certainly a strong candidate in terms of Florida, et cetera, important state, but much more important state than New Jersey or Wisconsin ever was. But the national appeal of him is still unclear. Who do we think has more staying power, Rupert Murdoch or Donald Trump, after that conversation? has it Did it shift? No, Rupert Murdoch. I mean, except for age, yeah. you know, he's older. Um, but I but never, the Murdochs. I, you know what? I would never turn my back on Rupert Murdoch. I just wouldn't. Really, he's, I'm sure you have. <laughs> I have not. I walk out of the room backwards whenever I've been <laughs> in rooms with him. I just think he's he's a very crafty person, and I think he ultimately comes out on top every time. And he would throw any of these people under the bus if it suited him and it, he needed to. He's just uh, he's captive to the audience, what the audience and what he's trained them to like. So he's not clumsy. He's careful. Yeah, I think uh, if I had to bet against anyone, it would be Murdoch over Trump every time and twice on Sunday.
2: But I, I am, you know, it's very interesting what he, what Jeremy was saying about media advocates and First Amendment advocates actually being, you know, turned on to this defamation case against Fox News, feeling mm-hmm. like even though they've been staunch supporters of the First Amendment, this case mm-hmm. has legs and there needs to be a limit. I thought that was really striking.
1: Well, it's very hard to defend uh, someone, some uh, a media organizations that's been so sloppy and obvious in their in their maliciousness. And so that's the problem. And I think... You know, sloppy is the nicest version of it. Um, uh, Calculated is really what seems to have been at work here. And you can see it, this talking points. Fox News is a political campaign more than a media organization. And so that's why I think they feel like there needs to be some accountability. For me,
2: I think they might have... It's not. It's it's that they've gotten so big, and in the bigness, there is room for messiness to happen. No. But that bigness also gives them plausible deniability. Like, oh, I didn't know that happened. I wasn't in the room when that happened. I don't know how all those phones got hacked.
1: You know, it gives him both. They know exactly what they're doing. I've never said he is the sharpest media executive you've ever want to see. He knows exactly what's happening everywhere, and so. Um, he used to call me up uh, in the middle of uh, in the night uh, to talk about internet stuff. He's he is on twenty four seven. I don't He's care aging, how old Kara. he is.
2: He's aging. I'm not Fine. being an ageist. Whatever. But he is aging.
1: Whatever. I, again, I think they know exactly what they're doing.
2: I mean, Suzanne Scott. Jeremy's whole point was that she does let them run a little bit loose, and so I don't know. I do. I do think there's some looseness in the organization. I think, but he, I think the looseness is beneficial. It gives you plausible
1: deniability. I guess they're. I think they're in big trouble here. I think they're in Victoria. Yeah,
2: I do too. With that very promising, hopeful future. Slouching
1: towards (laughs) Bethlehem, waiting to be born, as uh, Yates says. That's dark and depressing. So let's get to the credits on that note. All right. Today's show was produced by Naima Raza, Blake Nishik, Christian Castro Rossell, Rafaela Seward. Special thanks to Haley Milliken. Our engineers are Fernando Aruda and Rick Kwan. Our theme music is by Trackademics. If you're already following the show, you get a Fox Nation show. Everybody gets one of those. If not, you're stuck on YouTube, but go wherever you listen to podcast, search for On With Karis Fisher and hit follow. That's the most important thing of all. Thanks for listening to On with Kara Swisher from New York Magazine, the Vox Media Podcast Network, and us. We'll be back on Monday with more.